Hello, everybody. As you know, we had a live show this week, so no new episode. But we are dropping the second part of that Montauk episode from All Documented, All True, our Patreon-only show. Um, there's We promised a big announcement on our live show. Uh, we did not deliver. <laughs> that announcement will be on our, uh, our next episode on Tuesday. So make sure you tune in. We do have some great news for you all about the show and the future of the show. So tune into that. Um, but I, because of that, we may have to hold off on releasing ADAT on the main feed for a while. Um, unsure. Unsure. We, we got we to take a look at this. But it will still remain on Patreon. But we were able to squeeze in this last, uh, this last week. Uh, we're going to do, this is the Montauk episode, the second half of that. So enjoy this. And tune in for the next episode uh, where we're doing the last two episodes of or last two movies in the Hellraiser franchise as well as the remake. Um, I'm rambling. I don't know if I've covered everything. I just recorded this like six times and every time <laughs> I think I've overstated what I'm trying to do here. Which is just to say enjoy the second half of the Montauk Project episode because it is a hoot. And if you haven't heard the first part, it is on our main feed, so check that out before you listen to this. Um, so here we go. Let's go back with Mike and Joe and finish up this talk about jerk-off sessions and aliens and other things. So enjoy, I think. I think. I think. So, Joe, I'll let you take uh, this next part. Uh, we'll Dr. Von, back and Dr. Forth. Von Neumann. The Von most diabolical, the most diabolical <laughs> sounding name of all time. Like the German uh, version of Newman from Seinfeld. Von <laughs> Newman. <laughs> all right. So in 1958, Dr. Von Neumann died of cancer. Now, we talked about him earlier, right? When we mentioned the Manhattan Project. Mathematician, yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought we mentioned him. So again, uh, he's a legit person, and uh, he was active on the Manhattan Project. Uh, he died of cancer, but he supposedly the story has it all. The story has it fucking all. I know. <laughs> he he died of cancer, but he supposedly faked his death so that he could go work secretly on special projects. Uh Preston Nichols figured this out. Some fucking <laughs> Preston. Uh and he found him he, he found him <laughs> and to question him what Montauk had to do <laughs> to jerk him off. Dude, imagine <laughs> Dude, Von Newman at this point would be like in his like nineties, probably. Dude, dude. His dick would just turn to dust. I picture him like uh, that guy from uh, Breaking Bad with the, the the ding ding, you know, just just, just in the wheelchair, ding, ding. and Hector, and uh, Hector Preston grilling him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hector just, making that just grilling this guy, but, but he but he's nonverbal, so he, he's just dinging and pressing. Preston just repeatedly jerking him off and screaming, screaming about the, the, the Hector faces his dick is being yanked about. Do you want me to jerk you off? Yes, yes. <laughs> right. The guy can't, the guy can't Dings, talk. And- one for faster and two for slower. <laughs> the guy can't talk and Preston just screaming like, oh, playing hard to get. Huh? I'll have to jerk you off again. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> You're really stuck in the fucking main zone. <laughs> uh, anyway, Preston claims that he figured out Von Neumann. It's either that or he just found some fucking 
old Court guy was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Newman, I'm going to jerk you off to death. <laughs> jerk, I'll give you a which, hand job which if again, you tell me you're this guy. Again, Preston had his mind fucking destroyed by drugs, uh, so that's also that's also a very plausible explanation. Just goes into nursing homes and just screams at people being Dr. Von Neumann while trying to jerk him off. Like, uh, probably had a parasite from all the old fucking rotten cans of spam he was eating, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, he's, so anyway, according to Preston, he claims that he found... Dr. Von Neumann and wanted to question him about these experiments. Dr. Von Neumann said that after the ship reappeared, it killed most of the people on board because one of the ship's power generators broke during the experiment. He said that if somebody could go back, they could fix it and nobody would die. So Al Bulick and Duncan Cameron reluctantly decide to go back. <laughs> Wait, what is oh, wait? Is Al be like a different guy, or is it that fucking guy? Or did that guy go? Did that guy go into Al? Bielik? Well, Al, Al Bielik claims that he's Duncan Cameron's brother, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. So right. I think if anything back from like 1943, <laughs> if you hear Edward Cameron, that's that's Al, Al Bielik, but he's in Edward Cameron's body but he doesn't yeah. know that he's an albulic yet makes sense makes total sense it's all <laughs> documented and altered uh <laughs> i just want to tell the listeners at this point uh the montauk montauk had an underground base and kids were fucking experimented on and then uh the, this everything that we're saying now is a result the our brains being fried the kids brains being fried and your brains being fried from listening to this is a result of the Montauk projects. So the CIA continues to win, but Al Bielik is Duncan Cameron's brother, but he still goes by Al Bielik. And uh, he also knows Duncan Cameron. Well, why wouldn't you just go back to whatever? Um, but they reluctantly decided to go back. Uh, Duncan, Duncan sits in the Montauk chair. <laughs> he gets jacked off by Preston, of course. Al's and, in the uh, corner watching. Most dude, likely. It, dude, Unless Preston, he double, he is double that true? Is that serious? About yeah, no, what, the, double pump the, that's going on here? With the double, the double pump's not serious, but but Duncan, according to all of them, uh, Duncan sat in the Montauk chair and uh, Preston, <laughs> again, according to all of them, Preston jerked him off so hard that he opened a vortex to 1943 aboard the Eldridge. <laughs> it sounds so much better when it's set up. He literally jerked him off into oblivion. <laughs> Dude, getting jerked off so hard you open a portal to another world. Holy if Preston shit. is that good at giving oh, hand jobs, then I probably would expect. Yeah, you gotta take like, it. You gotta it's take that it. good of a hand job that you'll open up a vortex to another fucking time. I mean, first of all, he should I would, stop with his bullshit of writing books and open up a fucking massage parlor. He would yeah, be yeah. breaking it in. I want this version of Stranger Things. First of all, first of all, <laughs> this better be how the fucking dude, show is. Just Paul Reiser jerking off, dudes, for the last episode. <laughs> dude, like the fucking Paul Reiser and Matthew Modine just tugging each other off every episode. It's still happening. Like he's he's jerked off multiple people in this story. That's so that's so fucking wild. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he claimed they claim they all claim he opened the vortex in 1943 aboard this ship. Uh, uh, they stepped 
through the vortex. Wait, and they also, fix- how did all these guys like find each other outside of the project? Uh, well, from what I was told, I could be wrong on the dates. Um, I didn't write it down, but I believe that in like 1988, Preston. Duncan and Al all attended a like parapsychology conference and that's where they all met. Oh, that's so crazy. It l- listen. A lot of the timelines <laughs> going at K-fame. They were fucking their minds were erased and uh, you know they were still in close contact with each other and they piece the pieces together. But it's weird because if you listen to Preston, he constantly claims that prior to 1990 he had no knowledge about any of this but then in other things he's like oh yeah back in 1988 we figured out who we really were and Preston's it's- bullshit <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to break it, but I can only take so much but uh, <laughs> they went through the vortex and they fixed the generator but Al decides hey I'm staying in 1943 this is where I fucking belong and when Duncan returned, he was super old and dying of old age. Uh, because, <laughs> dude, imagine imagine being pressing, just living this life, like like not even not even having this really happen, just having to tell people this story over and over. <laughs> fucking, fucking eat me inside. But uh, <laughs> Duncan, uh, because Duncan was important, they the, the government used their tech. To send a message to Duncan's dad. This is, I didn't want to read this part. It's Captain uh, America's it, fucking like old Captain America. <laughs> it is, it is. But they send a message. It would be like sending a message to Captain America's dad and say, uh, "Hey, you." It's back to the future. It's back to the fucking future because they send a message to his dad and they say, "You gotta get your, uh, you gotta get your, your your fucking socks off here with." with your lady i uh, gotta knock some boots uh and you gotta get her pregnant and have a baby boy so you can have duncan jr <laughs> <laughs> which which he achieved in 1951 and then and then montauk used this kid as a vessel for old man Duncan's electric magnetic signature to ensure the continuity of the timeline without any issues. If that sounds confusing, it's not. Open your fucking mind. Old man Duncan travel time or Duncan travel time came back as an old man. That's going to fuck up paradox happening. Continuum. So you got to use the time machine to go back while old man Duncan's in the present and talk to old man Duncan's dad before old man Duncan was even born to be like, <laughs> Hey, this is going to sound weird. We have your son. He's very old. And things are going to get really weird. If you we have the son that you right haven't now, even had. Not corrupt and have another son and also name him Duncan Jr. So well, that he didn't he have a son up. at that point, though. He, well, he only had a daughter. Yeah, yeah, but they would be telling him, we have your son right now because we're oh, in the yeah, future. Yeah. And if you don't fucking have another son to replace your current son who's traveled into the future... Everything's going to shit. And Duncan's dad, like any good American would do, said, of course, I'm going to go lay pipe to my wife and I will have a son and I'll name him Duncan Jr. based on this this contact. I don't know how they contacted him. And that's the Duncan in this story. This is the most realistic time travel story I've ever heard. And quite frankly, uh, Back to the Future owes a lot to old Preston. Even though Preston didn't start talking about this, 
until five years after Back to the Future came out. But he does claim which that Doc Brown was based on him. Which seems, seems to, to be, be a trend. But Preston can fucking jerk off in time travel. So you know what? It works out. So yeah, so Duncan's dad uh, saved the world by uh, plowing his wife and knocking her up. Mm-hmm. Um, where where was I? I went on a tangent. There. Uh, using uh, age regression. Age regression. Oh, good. We got this part. Uh, using age regression, they put Edward Cameron's consciousness into the body of little Al. BL. <laughs> The little owl. Uh, Preston says that he felt all these time jumps as well as other terrible things going on were going to uh, ruin things for everyone. And he decided he needed to end the Montauk project once and for all with a fail safe that he had in place with Duncan and the others. So on August 12th, 1983, <laughs> he puts Duncan into the chair. Shockingly. Jerks him off uh, and <laughs> gently whispers in his ear as he's stroking him. The time is now. <laughs> uh, Duncan, Duncan, <laughs> Duncan thought of a massive werewolf like <laughs> Duncan thought of a massive werewolf like beast that appeared on the outer grounds of the facility and started destroying everything and everyone in its path so that the main power generator was ordered to be shut down. But it had no effect. Then, now, Preston- <laughs> according to <laughs> Preston, uh, the beast was anywhere between nine feet tall and thirty feet tall. Now, you might be asking, "Is there proof?" And there is proof. Preston drew a sketch of it in his uh, book, and it kind of resembles Man Bear Pig from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. Jerking off Duncan and creating a interdimensional werewolf like being couldn't be stopped by anyone other than Preston, who had to go to the main control room and start tearing out the wires with his bare hands. But still, nothing would shut off the main generator. So he went and got a blowtorch, went to the main transmitter. And after a while, he took the torch to the transmitter itself, and the vortex, along with the beast, vanished into thin air back to the dimension they came from. Thank goodness. Yes. That's actually a little anticlimactic. Uh, but of course, Preston is like the hero. All of our stories story. have such anticlimactic like endings. Like the which uh, means exorcism. Which means they're fucking real. Like it goes, it goes this crazy up to this point, and then you get to the end, they're like, and we'll send it right there. And then we just stop talking about it. If Preston was making it up, he would make himself the hero of this story and he would defeat the thing with his bare hands by ripping out wires of the transmitter and sending the beast back to where it came from. Yeah. Which is exactly what he said. So it's all bullshit. But anyway, uh, Preston says that that's what happened. Um, I just kind of want to circle back for a second. And this is all disinformation by the CIA. The Montauk experiments were the CIA doing terrible things to innocent children, trying to push them to the brinks of human capabilities. And, uh, you know, things are starting to get out that they were doing these terrible things. So they have fucking Preston start talking about jerking off guys and traveling to 1943 and 2497 and werewolves and interdimensional beings. It's a classic disinformation campaign. Interdimensional Who's going to believe anything about Montauk after this? Yeah. 
No, yeah, for sure, right? And I don't, yeah, and like I think this is what you mean, but like basically what they're doing is just not stopping these guys. I think, right? Like I think they're like, let's let them yeah. do their fucking thing. Like usually they just stop them <laughs> from talking, but like when they need disinformation, they're like, fucking go to the press. They are okay. only stopping people if they're like, hey, I have this document in my hand that is going to prove to you that these things and these people are involved once preston starts talking about jerking off duncan and duncan's dad getting a call from the future and fucking his wife to have another duncan to prevent a time collapse yeah keep talking preston because nobody's gonna believe a fucking word that you're saying and we're, we're clear you've discredited the entire montauk project uh which all this is important to talk about because i think that is exactly what is happening i do think that they were trying and maybe even successfully creating super soldiers and Manchurian candidates and even experimenting with space-time travel. Uh, but all we have to go off of is Preston's <laughs> and Al's. <laughs> Al, formerly, no, formerly known as Duncan's brother, fucking the best. <laughs> We're just get this guy that keeps jerking people off to fucking go to the press. <laughs> Dude, that's like the most ideal situation for anybody. Dude, imagine somebody had dirt on you. Like, I'm going to fucking spill. Like, like just us as like low life horror shows. Yeah. Like, I have this like terrible secret on you and I'm going to go to the press, but I'm also going to talk about how I jerk everyone off while I found out this information. But okay, please, please. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not getting my lawyers involved. I mean, it's, it looks like whatever. all of his claims are so outrageous that the jacking off part is like the least shocking of it all. Oh yeah. Dude, dude, dude. I mean, that's the only part I believe. He's fucking jerking <laughs> people off left and right. Um, by 1990, both Duncan and Preston had full access to their memories of both the Philly project and the Montauk project. And that is from 1990 on is where we're getting all our information from these gentlemen. Now, I, I don't want to forget about Stuart. Stuart talked about this too. And I'm just going to keep hammering because I think it's important to talk that children were abducted and abused. It is a fact. Stop bringing that up when we're laughing. We're having a good time. And you're just like, you're like, hey, I just want to remind everyone. That's I mean, terrible. All right, Mike, go into the claims for me. All right. So in the mid-2010s, a man came forward using the name James Bruce, claiming he was actually a former Montauk boy and described one of the experiments involving large amounts of acid in order to read other Montauk boys' thoughts in what he called was a um, area called the acid house, which was a room that they'd be put in and then given lows, uh, large doses of acid and said he also saw Timothy Leary there. Now, I know you'll talk in more detail about his son, Timothy Leary's son being like, my dad wouldn't be doing that. Timothy Leary 100% developed acid in its like purest form and was contacted by the government and whether intentionally or not had a very big hand in MK ultra. Yeah. I mean, I don't think um, from everything I've read and like seen about Leary, he doesn't come across as someone that had like nefarious intentions. He just was more about opening people's minds. So I also don't think like he, if the government approached like, Hey, we're going to go abduct kids and do mind controlled LSD. He'd be like, get the fuck off my property. But that doesn't mean they didn't like take some notes from him and be like, well, he's doing this. They use this as like a compound and blah, 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 blah. Do you know how easy it would have been to manipulate him by being like, 
we want acid and then just like give him the hippie talk he wants to hear like so we can cover his fucking deadheads and stuff and he'd be like here's the recipe dude he was definitely at the acid house tripping balls and the government's bringing people in and being like these people volunteered which there's a prison i forget the fucking name of it but at the around the same time uh this book holmesburg prison are you about to Oh, you're about to talk about it in here. Yeah, right? well, I'm going to get to it in like a second. Well, let's, well, let's just talk about it. Holmesburg Prison, it's, it's like the same guys. Uh, they went to the prisoners and they were like, hey, um, we want to try this like new soap on you. And well, it was pretty much um, between uh, around the Cold War, between 1963 and 1972, the Holmesburg Prison actually did like uh, real human medical experiments on prisoners. Um, and some of them were dermatology experiments where they would actually apply parts of orange, uh, orange agent, agent orange, orange, yeah, to the faces of um, inmates to see the type of reactions that would happen. And they'd also use LSD to try to create Manchurian candidate type people. And it would, this is real. And they would, but that, that that's factual. There's like interviews of survivors, and they talk about how. They would take some of the, um, they get back to their cell and after they have the stuff put on their face, it would burn so bad. They could actually rub some of the oil off, put it on, like wipe it on a wall and it would eat away at like the paint and the wallpaper. Like that's how strong this shit was. Oh my God. Just because the prisoners want, or the prison officials and the government wanted to see the effects that these harmful chemicals would have on human beings. And I mean, they also used to... Didn't they used to like, crop dust fields with like Agent Orange too on like unsuspecting public to see the uh, the results of it or something like that? And there's instances of like unleashing uh, pathogens in subways to see how fast they would spread and how sick people would get. So this isn't out of like the government's. There was a uh, house. I don't know the name of the guy or the cult, but there I believe in the '90s there was a chinese type cult that had one of these like deadly agents and they set it off in the subway and it affected like 200 people and a bunch of people died and it was a japanese cult and they were so fucking powerful it is honestly terrifying i know exactly what you're talking about dude they were building an atomic bomb and working with china this cult it was just it was a like fucking nerds who were just really into like anime and stuff anime and like star wars like losers And, and this guy would like he would just drug all his cult members with LSD and he became more and more powerful and he would say he was like the second coming of Jesus and he wanted to destroy America which fun fact he sent everybody to Florida much like the 9-11 uh pilots to to train and like, get trained in like uh gun combat and then went back to Japan but then they also worked with the Yakuza and the Russians in China and they were developing dirty bombs and they were getting enough plutonium shipped to this little cult that they were able to start uh, building a legitimate atomic bomb and they were getting this uh, biological weapon that they were releasing in Japan and it was actually killing people and they were, they were letting it go it's really wild we should do an episode on that yeah 100% but anyway we're saying all this just to prove the point that uh, the shit happens and there's stuff out there that we don't we only know a little bit about what imagine what we don't know right. um, and we brought up that prison because it was like a MK Ultra light. Uh, they used LSE to manipulate them, and you know they 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 lied to them. They're like, "We're going to try this new soap on you," and the new soap was just terrible biological warfare, and they were studying the effects on it. Jesus Christ! 
Um, another guy came forward named Brian Minnick, and he actually was able to supply a bunch of photos and videos he took with his friends in the early 90s when they broke into uh, Montauk. And um, on one of the videos, they show food receipts <laughs> totaling almost over $80,000 a month for the facility. And this was in 1980, which was a year prior to the the base shutting down. Like what base Fish would require, yeah, what base would require $80,000 worth of food a month? Like if they weren't having mass amounts of people that were there, like living yeah, in the there, facility. There's not that many people there, I'm sure. Yeah, especially right before like um the base supposedly like shut down, they're still getting like that type of food yeah. sent. Now, one of the most um credible things he actually had was he was able to take pictures inside the so-called acid house. And the weird thing about it was all the walls were spray painted, but the way they were spray painted was it'd be like spray paint all over the walls, but then there'd be lighting fixtures or like electrical sockets that are newer or were newer placed over it. So there'd be no spray paint on that. There'd be no spray paint on the ceiling, almost like someone taped up the ceiling to make it so there'd be like a clean edge. So right. it was actually like professionally done. So it's not like someone broke into this house and just spray painted, like someone came in and then they also had an ex CIA agent being like a uh, investigator or interviewed. And he's like, no, these are similar patterns. Like they used to use an MK ultra where they put someone in a room and dose them with acid to see how they would like react. It's fucking weird. Yeah. And then um, toward the weirdest part was towards the end of the video, the kids, I guess, got discovered. And you see they're hiding up on like the uh, the roof and all these like black SUVs come in and start like circling the base, even though they don't find the kids. And they also have video of this black like helicopter that would also show up near the facility. And it would just fuck with any like boat or any person that would get close. Like you can see videos of this helicopter like maybe 20 feet above like a boat, like chasing it away from the Montauk area. And this is all after the facility shut down when it's supposedly yeah. like abandoned and decommissioned. Um, according to official reports, there's absolutely no underground tunnels, but the video also shows large padlocks uh, covering up like doors that lead into a basement type area. And they also did a scan around the base a couple of years back, which show very large metal like structures underground the uh the ground so clearly there's something there but according to officials there's nothing like under the base which is kind of fucking weird yeah yes um and more famously in 2008 a strange creature washed ashore known as the montauk monster i believe it was in yeah in like new york and across from montauk is actually plum island which is rumored to be an island for animal experimentation, including human-animal hybrids. Yes, and there are people who, you know, from... We really just focus on, like, the main people we get the, the sources from, but you know, the conspiracy theories about Montauk is that there are interdimensional beasts and, you know, island of Dr. Moreau-type experimentation on people and animals happening. And this monster washed up, and I think... What was the... Official explanation, it was like a a, rac a waterlogged it, raccoon. It, yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like a waterlogged raccoon a bit. 
but it's still very weird looking, but I don't think anyone officially knew what it was. Another one showed up a couple years later, actually, like in the same spot, but I don't know if that one got as much uh, recognition as the first one, because people were just kind of like, yeah, we've already seen this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about uh, like the American interest. It's like, once you've seen it once, you're like... Uh, it's well, so I mean, easy to just get yeah. away with it. Not that, but like people, yeah, well, think about it. In the middle of uh, the height of COVID is when the government came out and they're like, yeah, aliens and UFOs like exist. And everyone's like, eh, whatever. Like no one gave a shit when it came out. Like uh, completely like swept under the rug because people are so obsessed with the whole COVID thing. So, uh, yeah. Doubts. So uh, doubts. There, There's lots of doubts, um, of course. Yes, yeah. Sean. No, no, I was just going to say yes. <laughs> uh, so a man interviewed Preston. We already, lives in this, we already we, covered we talk- this part in the beginning. Oh, oh, about the farting and all that. Thing yeah, yeah, and his house and yeah. the Frank Yule Brenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in 2014, the director of the film, the documentary film, The Montauk Chronicles, interviewed Preston and said that uh, Preston was a nice guy, but of course he suggested that the filmmaker and his crew got naked and lied on the bed so that Preston could properly deprogram them, which of course means give them all handies. Preston is committed to the cause. <laughs> well, simultaneously uh, saying that he hated that part. He's like, I didn't enjoy stimulating people. It wasn't fun for me. Yeah, dude, Preston claims he Preston claims this is a necessity, not something he enjoyed. <laughs> fucking addiction. <laughs> Um, Preston has a group of followers who think they are programmed, and some of them wear metal pots on their heads to prevent microwave signals from brainwashing them. Preston said that he graduated with a degree from the University of Tampa, but there is no record of Preston ever attending the University of Tampa. Uh, He also stated in his office in Montauk that he shared it with a lizard man named Your Highness Draco. Uh, (laughs) Preston, Preston... he gets a little more uh, loopy uh, as time goes on. Uh, all the diagrams in Preston's book were proved not to really be accurate at all, according to actual engineers. Uh, Timothy Leary's son said that in no way would his dad ever be part of a government project. Like we said, um, I think Timothy Leary was was definitely present at some of these things, but under innocent you know pretenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Preston, we already talked about his music industry, um, his Star Wars, his claim that Doc Brown was, you know, Preston's not credible. <laughs> I, can just, I can just paraphrase that. Preston's not credible. Um, behind Preston's house, he had a short old school bus as well as a lab, which he called Space Age Laboratories, where he deprograms people who needs his help. Which, again, he's just jerking off people in a bus that he, he Drove into his backyard. Um, what space age laboratories? Yes, yeah, space age laboratories, or as he pronounced it, laboratories. But fucking uh, and, and, and since he didn't get the actual Montauk chair, he he made a Montauk chair, which he put into the <laughs> space age laboratories where he could jerk people off. But he's not opening vortexes, so you know the real Montauk chair is the piece to all of this. Um, claim sometimes. 25 to 30 guys, 30, sometimes 25 to 30 guys a week uh, would get deprogrammed. 
And they, they all live together. In, forearms must have been like Popeye, man. They all live together in a house uh, close by, and they'd come by, and Preston would deprogram them, just running fucking trains on these guys' dicks with this his hands. Fucking insane. This is the most insane <laughs> shit. And also, um, <laughs> it was said that once the guys would come out of the uh, the Montauk chair, they would all visibly look very confused, upset, and Preston would come out with like his shirt a little bit unbuttoned and just sweating uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> now, would you? So I know Joe's asking has already asked about would you do it, but like, would you do it just because there was a guy on your street jerking? <laughs> Jerking people off constantly, like to go experience. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, some, people, <laughs> some people go and get paid to have that Dude, done. If you saw 30 guys just constantly coming in and out a day or whatever the fuck a week, you'd be like, I think I just gotta fucking see. <laughs> I don't I don't feel that I would. Leva, I would love to see what his Yelp reviews are. Yeah. Now I asked if you would get naked if you jerked off. Uh, would you get naked if you were jerking someone off? Wait. wait, um, wait. <laughs> would you get naked if you're doing the jerk? No. Or getting no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're tugging, if you're pressing, are you taking your kind jerk? Of like a, a visual aid for the person to get them in the mood? <laughs> I mean, I would imagine Preston probably would, considering all yeah, the shirts are covered in fucking spam and like jizz, probably. How? I would have to wear like a smock. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then that just made me think about are <laughs> any significant other that has to jerk somebody off. That sounds terrible. I'm picturing Preston almost dressing up like a uh, like Preston dressing up like Marlon Brando in Island of Doctor Moreau with like an ice bucket on his head to like cool him off. His face painted white and just. I, Draped in like mosquito netting, just jacking dudes left and right. Working off is so much fun. In a hot, sweaty little sweating. I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a fan of hand jobs anyway. Smock. I mean, unless you're doing it yourself. But aside from that, the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, I like that Mike uh, wrote Albulic story is somewhat inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and when he's asked certain questions, uh, he can't answer them. Uh, he has no knowledge of the Philly experiment. Even the, until, he had no knowledge of the Philly experiment until he saw the movie in 1984. <laughs> Should um, also be noted that there is zero record of Duncan or Edward Cameron ever existing in any form of military service. And there's definitely not any records oh. of any brothers serving in the military with those. Names. Yeah, no, I mean, Aboard any wanna, ship, I, 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 but it was not, apparently a, go- a secret government mission. So I mean, yeah. it wouldn't so, be. Listen, I'll I'll play bowl. I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, that guy, um, why can't I think of his name? The guy that's always talking about UFOs, uh, Lou Lou Elizondo. Uh, for for years, this guy would talk about things that he knows and things that he's seen. And for years, there was no record of him ever working in the military. And and people would always point that out to him. And then eventually declassified documents did show that he was involved in the military. Uh, he was in a secret program and a secret division that the public was unaware of. So 
it's not the most unheard of thing that there's no record of these two. Just to play devil's Why advocate. Weigh those fucking records. Even the college. Why would you even? Of course, they're gonna say you didn't fucking go there, dude. University of Tampa. Are you kidding me? Somebody probably called that dean and was like, "Hey, this guy is giving uh, everybody hand jobs and talking <laughs> about talking about uh, his credentials from from your college. Uh, we need to stop this." And they're like, "Of course, yeah, we're, we're, we're burning his file immediately." Yeah, he never went here. So yeah, that. Just to play devil's advocate, not saying I believe them. Uh, it's not the most unbelievable part of the story. No. I'll say that. Uh, Stuart Swerdlow, fucking guy, says that he could speak 10 languages, which nobody has ever heard him speak. Um, he says that he is a descendant from Atlantis. Um, I mean, he is he was present at these things. Let's go easy on our boy Stuart because his he was drugged to fucking oblivion. So you know what these claims they 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 add up with somebody who's been destroyed by LSD. Sure. Uh Al Bielik died in Fort Myers, Florida on August 29th, 2007. And Preston Nichols died October 5th, 2018. So their fantastical stories have died with them. Stuart's still alive. Um but yeah, that's that's what we have for the Montauk project. Uh, thoughts, Sean. The jerking off stuff was like unreal. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like, I honestly very real. When I first started joking about it in that first break, when I was joking about it, I assumed that was gonna be the end. I how could it go any more? Like, th- he had already jerked off two people in this story. <laughs> like, there's no way he's gonna jerk off three. If four. you lived in Montauk between the years of 1971 and 1990, you were probably jerked off by Preston. If you lived in Montauk between those years, contact us, please. Or if you know anybody that might have lived in Montauk, have them contact me or Mike. Uh, we'll, we'll, or we'll if you were jerked off we'll by Preston Nichols, please, please contact. Hey, dude, dude, if you or any of your loved ones have been jerked off by Preston Nichols, you please find me, Mike Amato, not at Instagram, send me all of the details, what Preston's wearing, what he smelled like. I want I want to hear it all. If you don't want – I'm being – that's it. If, if there's anybody out there that might listen to this that has gotten a hand job from Preston, we won't use your government name. We will protect you at all costs. Everything will be confidential. We want to hear your story. We want to share it. We'll change names. Uh, even if you want to lie and tell us one, I'll accept that too because I just want to hear – did he play music in the background to like get you in the mood? Like, was he shirtless? Got to know everything. If you have video, what kind of lube did he use, or did, was it just dry? Was it just where a dry? Was the, where was the landing? Yo, where was clearly the landing? probably to see his spit. Just spit in his hand and just <laughs> spam. <laughs> where was the landing? Where was the landing point? Probably on his chest or on his tits. <laughs> I'm, I'm part well, of Nichols. You can't open a vortex. Being that it's Preston Nichols, I would imagine he'd have some sort of cylinder device and he would just be catching cum in it, using it to power up some sort of fucking antenna that drives his laboratory. He never talks about bringing guys to climax. He's just talking about getting them into their most enlightened and heightened state. 
Yeah, so but how nice. enlightened are you going to be if every time you well, go to go into a trance, someone leaves you with fucking bu- he's like blue balling balls. all these guys? There's no way he was blue balling people. You'd be oh, so man. frustrated and like your mind would just be in a complete frazzled state. You'd be like, what the Listen, fuck is this shit? If I'm I'd getting get jerked off right away. If I'm getting jerked off by a fat man and a fucking vortex opens, I'm okay with the blue balls. I'm okay with First it. Of all, I, I forget about it. There, if the vortex is going to open, it's going to open at the second cum leaps out of I, Okay. Like okay. that's, you, that's right. the orgasm. The I orgasm believe that might be the only time the anyone orgasmed. I believe that might be the only time anyone orgasmed. Plus, you they, came, they came so hard. They came so hard, it just ripped through space. I'm imagining the, the jizz flying out of the dick and just magically tearing a hole in like space time, like in the yeah, wall or just, yeah. But there's no way Duncan's going to be going back for seconds. If every time he's getting fucking blue balls, like he's definitely really? finishing. Do you want, no, I don't know, dude. Maybe. I don't know. That, dude, I think that might make him come back for more. I'd be like, dude, I was so fucking close. So yeah. He's just <laughs> ending. Uh, Preston's a master. <laughs> <all> the masters. <laughs> uh, so Sean, uh, Montauk. We, we are we in agreement that there is a base there, and that there was likely uh, mind control experiments being. There done. was a base. There was experiments. There was acid or LSD, or is that the same shit? Same. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, there was no black lights. Otherwise, no one would get in that Montauk chair. <laughs> All of that is real. Yes, agreed. Um, I think. <laughs> I think they damaged these adult well as children they damaged these men to a point that they were just like a mess a mess and then somehow linked up with each other and like <laughs> we're doing this shit together and it's like I don't know I think that's real I think that's real was it chance that they linked up or was it planned by the government like let's let's, let's link these guys together maybe somebody else was talking like, about it and being like let's get these whose brain did we fry the worst who's in the worst shape and they look at the guy living in a shack and be like this this guy and the guy who thinks he had a brother and the guy uh, who's jerking <laughs> everyone off and down <laughs> like yeah i kind of think that i guess i could kind of go that way but i also think I mean, based on some of their stories, it sounded like they were working there, maybe. Yeah. It does. So, like, meeting that way, I guess. Maybe they were all yeah. employed. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they might have been. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with that one because they do say that they're all employed, but they seem to have no recollection of it until they. Right. Right, so. somebody jerks them off, and then well, they, they were living two different lives, and then they were able to yeah. merge the two back into one and figure out what's going on. According, I mean, we, to we, met, we mentioned Mario. That's honestly not the most <laughs> insane theory. It's not the most insane theory that they were just so fried that finally they snapped out of it. Be like, wait a second, <laughs> you work here too, dude. <laughs> 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 Preston went back in time and put Preston his mind or consciousness like, into Mario. <laughs> Preston it wasn't until they hung out outside of work that they were finally just like, whoa, <laughs> you're on my floor, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm thinking I I don't know. I, I think I what what else is what are the big questions here? Because like I think I'm did Dr. Van Newman fake his death to work on secret experiments? 
Yeah, I'm fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> 100%. Sure. Dude, fuck yeah, he did. I do uh, not believe Stewart, though. Dude, oh, well, they're going to, to shoot at Jesus and yeah, to well, Mars. I, I have a theory about Stewart, <laughs> which... All right, so... That's just there's, the acid. <laughs> well, it's not even acid, that, yeah. but there's also another aspect to it also, because there's a movie that came out in, like, early 2000s with Joseph Gordon-Lovett where one of the characters in it thinks like they were abducted by aliens and were involved in this like crazy like program. But it turns out what actually happened was he ended up just getting a handy from his baseball coach. And it was such a traumatic event that his mind came up with this completely like fabricated story that he thought was true. So I think it might've been like kind of similar to uh, Stuart. Like he ran into Preston, Preston just, jerked him off into oblivion and it was so traumatic for him that he just concocted this whole fucking story. I like, or the maybe theory, like, I, or maybe Stuart Preston was fed it to him. The Stuart was definitely, he, he was part of Montauk. Yeah. Well, he was one of the Montauk boys. He didn't actually like right. work for him, but he, he was no, a no, freelance no, jerky, I guess is the, no Stuart. Stuart was one of the kids I was experimented on. So I don't think he yeah, needs yeah. to run into, I don't think he needs to have a hand job from Preston to do this. I th- but I do like your theory that he's making well, it didn't start with that. It started off with the alien fist and then it led to the hand. No, I'm aware. Would you no, think I'm he'd no. start off with the hand job first and then move to uh the fist? But well, I mean well. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. We're 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 saying the same thing. Uh, but you're jumping to Preston. I don't I don't think Preston had to be involved for Stuart to come up with the story. What was what was the name of the Joseph Gordon Levitt movie? Mysterious Skin. I don't think I saw that, but it's you know it's what? really good. But it's it's a it fucked made up movie. for us to come to terms with the fucking Montauk project in yes. case four people start talking about it. I mean, um, yeah. So Stuart, you don't believe uh, Sean? Thoughts on time traveling to have Marty McFly's dad fuck and make another Marty McFly? <laughs> I mean, they no. That didn't happen. <laughs> didn't Are happen. you sure it didn't happen? Can you prove it? Yeah, no, that that one for sure is a no for me, but that's fine. It's just the acid. It's just the fucking acid, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't I mean, you know, kudos, because that is the most thorough, like covering your tracks. Of any story, like people are just going to be like, uh, travel through time, and that's it, right? And they're going to be questioned, like, well, why didn't anything change? Nobody's going to, who thinks of that? Well, it didn't change because uh, we called my dad when he was just a young lad and had him fuck my mom and make another me, and it worked. And my, the other me filled the void of the butterfly effect. That's good, good for them. Good for fucking that. <laughs> so I take it you you might believe that. Oh, that happened. <laughs> That's facts. <laughs> if they weren't sitting in the original Montac chair, I wouldn't believe it. But yeah, they were sitting in the original. That was part of the Philadelphia experiment. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I can't wait to be done with this episode. My fucking brain is melting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Um, And then what else? What other key moments are there to discuss on this? Overall, it's real. Well, I mean, 
it's I mean something happened. Some parts are far fetched, but it's also like a bunch of different factual programs and secret operations that went on. It seems like right. a lot of them are just kind of pulled and morphed into this one just like elaborate story. Yeah. So I mean there are definitely aspects of it that are hundred percent real. I don't know if they happened at Montauk, but they definitely happened. Uh I believe they happened at Montauk. I believe the attempts of mind control happened at Montauk. I, I, I believe that the people disappearing were brought to underground layers in Montauk. And all of this, much like most things we talk about, is all traced back to the fact that we let Nazis into our fucking country post-World War II and let the, No, I'm serious. Like, I'm not even making a joke. Like, I know. That's a fucking problem. That's a fucking problem. Who, who okayed that? These people were doing terrible things. That was why we went to war. Like they were doing terrible, terrible things. Like we know this. They were committing atrocities upon their own people. And then we were like, "Hey, listen, uh, we're gonna bring we you like over your here. style. We want to bring you over and here. Just kind of keep doing what you're doing, and it'll be okay. Like, just trust me." And they did. And that's a fucking problem. It was also said that the entire Montauk project was actually funded by Nazi gold as well. I'm sure. And that's how they had like unlimited uh, funds for it. I'm sure a lot I, of our- I definitely believe that Stuart killed Jesus and was Judas <laughs> in another life and then went to Mars. That part is – there's no – rocks not solid. Sneaking a gun back to the <laughs> – unbelievable anyway that is the montauk project uh some of that is true maybe all of it it's all documented so it has to be um (laughs) i can't argue with that logic therefore it is true therefore it is true uh that was a fun episode man that was fucking weird yeah these are the kinds that i love that are you know based in fact but so ridiculous that you kind of want to believe it but you just you were raised right, so you can't, but um, it's they're fun. Yeah, this has definitely been one of my favorite ones for a while. I've always loved the Montauk story. I didn't realize how insane it got. Like, I knew the basics of it, but I didn't realize there were so many hand jobs. When, and- when you first read, like, when you read the first thing about hand jobs, like, were you like, wait, what? oh, I, I heard it through interviews, <laughs> like actual interviews of Did people you have talking. To, like, rewind it and be like, wait. <laughs> It's kind of talking about jerking somebody off. Well, I, I was kind of distracted because when they were interviewing Preston, uh, one of the interviewers like actually brought it up, but it was so hard to take him serious because this was at like the peak when he had like his little cult going on of the cooking pot wearing freaks that were roaming around his uh, property. But he's like plopped up, up on this chair and he he's almost dressed like Michael Jackson. Like he's got the thriller jacket on. He's got black sunglasses on and like a black glove, but he also weighs like 500 fucking pounds. Like (laughs) what is this guy's name? Which one is this? Preston Nichols. Preston Nichols. Okay. I will say the, the director of the Montauk Chronicles documentary has, has said on multiple interviews that much like us, he heard the story and was like, this is, complete lunacy uh i want to like interview everybody involved in this because it's so insane and he went there being like these guys are fucking sci-fi nerds and out of their minds but then when he went to the actual montauk base and started digging around there he was like there's something really weird going on here so also um 
when he was younger, like you were saying, like he kept hearing stories, but he also recounted this one time where he was at like Montauk beach or whatever with his dad. And he started walking down shore. I think he was like seven or eight. And he said he saw these large, almost metal balls coming out of like the, uh, the sand area. And as he got closer to him, a bunch of guys dressed in like black military came out and chased him and his dad away from that section of the beach. And then after that, he said he kind of grew an obsession trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on at Montauk. Mike, next time you're home, we're taking a road trip. A hundred percent. I'm totally down. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I'm watching an interview with Preston Nichols and uh, he has no shoes on. <laughs> Wait, which interview is that? I've only there's somewhere it's super like grainy where it looks like it was recorded off like a Betamax or something, and then yeah, hang on, I'll pull it up on our. <laughs> Wait, look at that! He's got no fucking shoes on. He's being interviewed. That was it. That's what I forgot to mention. His fucking fupa that he has. <laughs> look at his body. Why does his body look how it's shaped and how I mean, he's but, I mean, I mean, I, I, on a seriously depressing note that. That is a man who's been. It looks reduced, like reduced something. It looks like something is in his body, like controlling his head's just going. Like he looks like a he, fucking puppet. He's just got no fucking. It's such unnatural moves. Did they ruin that man's? They ruined that man. Look how big he is compared to her. Fucking Nick Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> Pick? Yeah. <laughs> this dude was Mr. Pick a. Uh, MK Ultra Victim. For sure. I'm, I know we were that. On Valentine's Day, taking, taking a rose, put the flower part off, and putting a grape on top, and walking around and handing it to people. <laughs> For sure. You For see sure. Every time, I'd be in, every, <laughs> every time I'd be in study hall, Mr. Pick used to constantly like fucking annoy Kevin and just for some reason, kept telling him that he had you a... You probably uh, not use full government names. Well, it's, it's nothing bad, but anywho, he kept uh, I mean, trying to tell him or remind right. him about his uh, his collection of pencils that had uh, the logo of the band Badfinger on it. He was obsessed with Badfinger. I know. That's for sure. <laughs> Piccolo was? Dude, obsessed. Yeah, Mr. Pick was biggest Badfinger fan ever. That's so weird. But it was only just like, hey, did you... Did you- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was just like it was fucking daily, and it was always like a, a different person every time. But you just be like, you'd be hey, sitting there doing your work, and he would just did, come up and say that to you. Did Did you know that uh, Badfinger had two members kill themselves? <laughs> no, no. What? <laughs> what are you know? talking about? All right. Well, it's good talking to you. He <laughs> <laughs> was just doing it to a different kid every day. <laughs> Do you know that Badfinger wrote three songs in one day in the year nineteen eighty two? No, I had no idea. All right, well, it was good talking to you. Bye. Like, <laughs> that's insane. Well, guys, that was fun. That was fun. I'm fucking exhausted. That, dude, I honestly like left myself like <laughs> sleepy. You're gonna have dreams about fucking Preston Nichols. No, but I don't know it. how you guys like. Now I'm like looking at this and thinking about this. I can't believe you. <laughs> You guys were pulled away from your families for hours on end to read about this fucking guy. Dude, I've been having nonstop dreams about this fucking thing for the last uh, three days. That's why I was saying earlier when I was talking to you and Joe that, like, the only thing I'm waking up with is shame in the morning because fucking Preston Nichols fucking roaming around in there. He's not jerking me off, but, I mean, still, his appearance is rather uh, frightening. 
I mean, there's there's a very real terrifying part to all of this. The rest yeah. is goofy and lighthearted, but there's there's a real. Yeah, yeah. He also tries to make it out like he's the hero of this all when all he's really doing is just jacking off a bunch of poor innocent people. Yeah, we just saw him. He's fucking shaking. He's a mess. He's a fucking mess. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, check. Uh, if you guys have uh, any ideas or suggestions you want, you could head on over to alldocumentedalltrue.com. Thank you to those that have already. Though. Yeah, we've been reading them and they are awesome. And oh, you guys have been um, getting them and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. There's Sick. some that are really good, and we do have some of those already on the list. So we like where your ideas are at. That's so sick. Oh, I'm so glad. I never. Yeah, there's about uh like with eight you. or nine of them. Cool. That's awesome. So yeah, keep sending those in, and if you have any other personal experiences, and if you were ever jerked off. By Preston Nichols, you can use that. Uh, use it anonymously, and we or in Montauk around the uh, time it was going on in the early eighties. Yeah, or that. <laughs> uh, preferably if you've been jerked off, though. Um, and that's uh, that's it, Mike. Where can they find you, Mike Amato two thirty on Instagram? I think. <laughs> there you go. Just love. Whole fucking name. <laughs> I know. Now I'm giving out my full. <laughs> no, you did that one on purpose. You did that one on purpose. You did that one on purpose. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, at Boogdish1985. If he didn't, that's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and that's it, everyone. That's all the time we have for this week on All Documented, All True. Thank you all for joining us. Huge thanks to Mike and Joe, as always. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks for the next report on The Unexplainable. Thank you. Adios. <laughs>